Blog Talk Radio. Alright, so I'm hitting the thing. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. I really don't know when we first decided on having that as our theme song. And I know I did it because I know Seth wouldn't know how to upload it. If it, if I paid him to learn, he wouldn't know how to do it. So I know I actually did it, but I'm not exactly sure what number of the show that we did that. But here we go. Uh, welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. And um, this week we have... NCAA basketball in its infinitum, and we have a ton of that, both the conference tournaments, which just ended, and then our predictions for the NCAA tournament. But before we get to that, the madness that is New York football in the last week, week and a half. Now, there's two sides to this. You have the Jets, who are acquiring players, and you have the Giants, who... I don't Fire know sale. if they're acquiring players or letting players go. It's kind of a little bit of both. So, Seth, we, we talked about OBJ when the trade first came out. We talked about Golden Tate when the signing came out. We talked about the trade of Kevin Zettler for Olivier Vernon. When that happened, you're a week into NFL free agency, a week to a week and a half. The Giants are trying, in my opinion, to rebuild at the same time that they are trying to downgrade everything and tank. Can you make heads or tails of what Dave Gettleman is doing right now? Yeah, I mean, first of all, welcome to the show, everybody. And, yes, so we may we may change states, but the show still never ends. Um, exactly. Gettleman is building the team around Barkley. So – Pretty much what he's doing is contrarian to what every other team in the NFL is doing at this point. Everyone is building around passing attacks and quick outs and quick, you know, quick wideouts. We're, build, we're building around a big offense about trying to develop an offensive line and, and say, Juan Barkley, who's our strongest player. Um, we have Golden Tate, who we brought in for $40 million. He's, I mean, an older Sterling, an older and better blocking Sterling Shepard. I don't really get it. Um, the team is, I guess it's just one of those things where he decided, you know, I, I'm, I'll, look, I've not been a fan of the trade. I am a very big fan of the Zettler Vernon trade. But he's building it around Saquon. And the only way to build it around Saquon is to have a good offensive line. So he's brought in. Zeitler, he, he, you know, he, he, he's made some efforts along those lines, but at the end of the day, when you have no wideouts, you still, you, you, he still can't beat nine in the box, no matter how good take one. Well, well, I'll start with the, I'll start with the first thing, and this is my impression. I don't think the Giants are taking a quarterback in round one. After all this, I don't think they do it. I think they take the offensive lineman with number seventeen. 
I think if Haskins falls to them, great. But I don't think they're in love with him based on this stuff. And they take the best available player at six, quarterback or not. I really believe that with this trade, the Giants have said, I don't believe that there is a quarterback there at six. That may very well be true. Look, Haskins, or they're looking, or they'll be looking to trade for Josh Rosen, which means you may be trading pick number thirty-six, and that's an interesting call. Um, but I agree, Haskins supposedly would have been ranked below all of the quarterbacks last year. So. If you can get Josh Rosen, who, as you know, was my favorite coming out, and if he's not David Carr to this by last year's abomination, which was the Cardinals' offensive line, then you're in a pretty good shape. Then, then this makes a little bit more sense in regards – because I don't know how you – you can't keep Eli after this year. And I don't know how you keep Eli this year. This is not the Kobe Bryant or Dirk Nowitzki retirement tour. Eli was a slightly better than average quarterback. So I don't understand. I don't get this. I've never gotten this, and you know this. I have not been a fan of Eli the last five years. I thought he's below average. He's not going to be better with the team. I don't even know why Eli would want to be here. You're not winning with this team. Okay, so so let's go through why Eli would be here. Million dollars. Right, exactly. T.O.'s publicist said he had 22 million reasons to be there. This is why Eli Manning is, is in New York for one more year. Look, I don't think they take a quarterback in the first round. I'm not sure they get Josh Rosen. I, I, I think they're tanking, Seth. I really do. I don't see – look, Golden Tate's one thing, and you have to have a minimum amount of salary in the NFL to begin with. And I just don't see this team – being good in any manner whatsoever. And that's not to say that they can't be good. I just don't see you have Saquon who, who look, Saquon's going to be a great player. If he's not already, he's going to be a great player. But you need a passing attack. They don't have that. You need a defense. They, they, they just lost their top two defensive players for nothing. For nothing. You're fading out, dude. Oh, they lost their top two defensive players for nothing. A third-round pick next year, maybe. They got Jabril Peppers back, who we all know. You know what? Touch and go. Touch and go. They signed Antoine Bethea, who's on the wrong side of 34. Not the wrong side of 30. The wrong side of 34. I I, I just don't – I think they're tanking. I think that this is a – a way to tank where next year they can come and pick up that quarterback. Look, you and I have both said that Tua, we believe, is the real deal. Justin Herbert may be the real deal. And if they're looking for a quarterback, this is not the year for quarterbacks. It's just not, unless you have fallen in love with Kyler Murray, which I have not, that's Sean Palmer, that's not anybody else. I have not fallen in love with Kyler Murray. It's just not the year for quarterbacks. If you want to call in, 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846. 
Okay, let's flip the switch. We got C.J. Mosley. Let's go to the other side of the coin than the Jets. The Jets take they, – they spend a whole lot of money. They had a whole lot of money to spend, but they spent a whole lot of money on an inside linebacker, resetting the market there for C.J. Mosley. They reset the market for the running back in Le'Veon Bell. Not to the top of the market, but still resetting of the market for him as well. They, they signed Jamison Crowder, who we talked about last week. Uh, sorry, Jay Crowder. No, Jamison Crowder. I was right the first Jameson time. Jamison Crowder. We talked about last. Yes. So what do you think of the Jets moves? I, I mean, I can say all I want about it, but as, as an outsider that is not a Jets fan, what are your thoughts? The more I think about it, the less I like it. It it kind of feels like how the Giants spent two hundred million dollars three years ago for Jenkins, for Jenkins, Harrison, and Vernon, or how the Redskins spent a zillion dollars on Bruce Smith and Deion Sanders. Now these guys are a bit younger. You don't really typically everybody overpays in free agency, and the reason that because they can, because the players can dictate it, which is why the really good teams, like the Saints are not overspending in free agency. The Patriots are not overspending in free agency. They're letting their guys go. Because they, they know that they're worth a certain amount, and that's it. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. So I understand the Patriots. The Saints don't have any money to spend in free agency. I'm just throwing them out, I'm throwing them out as an example. I, I understand, um, and I'm just throwing but them I'm out saying as, a, as a high-level team. They don't, yes, they don't have any. There, I get that. There are but, teams that just yeah. have no money, and I get that the Patriots don't, but remember what the Patriots do. They reload with third-round picks because guys like Brown and guys like Trey Flowers, who they picked in the third round, are, are great players being, being signed by other teams at exorbitant contracts which means they right. can recoup those no the wait compensatory a second, but they can yeah. compensatory picks. The difference between the good teams and the bad teams is the Jets don't have players that are being signed by other teams. No, they don't. To get that, I think, so neither no, I do and neither do the Giants. I think, I think this is Billy Kingish. Meaning, okay, I think that they are. Not, Talked yeah. about that. I yeah. think that McGinnis is spending because he has one year to keep his job and one year to make the and he has to make the playoffs or he's he's out. Now I don't disagree with do that I whatsoever. Think, I don't. I don't think in a normal now would they sign Le'Veon Bell for fifty million over four? Yeah, they probably would have regardless. I don't dispute that. Would they have signed Crowder for thirty million? No. Maybe I don't think so. Or they've spent $85 million on an inside linebacker? Absolutely not. Okay. This is so a cover your ass, this. keep my job no matter what kind of deal. Okay. I don't necessarily disagree with you, okay, with any of what you just said. Yes, they would have signed Le'Veon Bell. They probably would have signed a – C.J. Mosley, but at a lesser cost. They had to overpay. No question they had to overpay to get him. And Jay Crow- Jamison Crow- Crowder is earning the same amount of money as Golden Tate. 
so you're looking at you're right. He is he is gunning for his job. He needs this job, but at the same time, they have money to spend, and it's not your money or my money, right? Right. It's money that's under a cap that they've actually been saving for three years by not doing this. So they've been rolling over money. Now, you can, you can look at teams like the Indianapolis Colts that actually had the most money going in and haven't spent a dime. And those teams, you're absolutely right, Seth, those teams are waiting for the Justin Houston, the guys that are going to lower their salary, lower their demands, and get contracts that generally the Patriots are the ones that make out with, right? I want to win a championship. They were cut by their earlier team, so they're not part of the compensatory package, and thus the Patriots or any other team can sign them for, for pennies on the dollar. And you're right. But you need you need a historical backbone that the Patriots have in order to do that. Nobody's going to sign with the Jets unless you overpay them right now. Nobody. You're not going to be able to get Justin Houston at $5 million when he could go to the Patriots for $5 million. Just not going to happen. So I, I agree with you wholeheartedly that this is an overpay uh, for C.J. Mosley, but I'm actually pretty happy with that deal because for the first time, and Seth, you and I discussed this, I believe for the first time in Seth and Sean Sports Radio's fantasy history, we will have at least, <laughs> well, we'll definitely ha- we're definitely going to have one jet because we're keeping Le'Veon Bell. And knowing my affection for the middle linebacker position, it is very likely, very likely yeah. that C.J. Mosley will be at some point on the Seth and Sean Sports Radio's fantasy team roster this year. He has been a, yeah, he he has been a constant. He has been a constant. He will follow, he will follow in, the, in the Seth and Sean Hall of Fame the, the, the Luke Keekly, Ryan Shazier man crush for Mr. Palmer. Yes. Yes, he will. Well, when you can get a point every tackle, I'll take the tacklers. And uh, if and it was a little football rub here. I think I have said this numerous times on on this show when we talk about fantasy league and defense. Is the NFL does not keep tabs on tackles. It is the individual teams. So there are certain teams like the Steelers, the Jets, the Ravens that somehow have higher tackle numbers than any other team. So just to be a little cognizant. So he goes from the Ravens who do that to the Jets. So I'm happy to pick a Jet linebacker, a Raven linebacker, and probably a Steeler linebacker this year. So, all right. So we've got into we'll, – we'll go more into NFL free agency next week when we don't have our NCAA preview uh, for college basketball. And then the uh, – sorry, for the tournament – And then the week after, we're going to do our baseball preview. There's just a lot going on in March, as there always is. And we'll be a week behind on the baseball preview. But that's okay. Uh, We're going to do that. uh, Next week is the 25th. We'll do that on the first week of April, which is when baseball really should start. It shouldn't start in March. I think think it's a silent protest that we'll be doing that. 
Okay. It's not so, really silent. Sean, it's not really silent. That's true. It's an aggravated protest. I'm announcing it. So, um, so we saw what Zion Williamson certainly came back, did everything that he could do in the ACC tournament. And I called you the other day and asked you for a comparison for Zion Williamson to any player that you've seen, college or pro. And we went back and forth on this. And I, 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 came, I came out with Larry Johnson in his prime. I think that is the best comparison. And John, LJ, didn't have, LJ didn't have the outside shot until later in his career. So maybe that's the one place where it's not the same. But other than that, I've thought about it a little bit more. I can't come up with a better comparison than LJ. I still like my Barkley comparison. Okay. The college I, Barkley or the or or five years into the pro Barkley? First, for a couple years into the pro Barkley, college Barkley was a, okay. was, a, was a lard ass. You know, who, who just right, got but, by. You know, yep. Zion plays better defense than Barkley ever did. But he, they're, they're both very good rebound, amazing rebounders for their style. They could play football. Um, Zion's more athletic. Barkley, you know, yeah, I can have the high-end talent. I mean, Barkley's a top 25 player of all time. So we'll see, you know, if, if you can hit half of that. You're doing, well, if you hit half that, you're hitting Larry Johnson. But, like, you're, you're doing pretty well. That's a, it's, not, it's, not an ugly, it's, not, it's not an ugly comparison by any stretch. Agreed. I think he's LJ right now. Look, LJ in, in college, when he played at UNLV, we were not in the age of where we are today, where you would see that player every single day. And LJ in college, I think, is as close to a Zion in college as I can get. And the one thing that I, I realized it. watching a lot – I'm sorry? I said I got you. Yeah, the one thing I realized while watching a whole lot of Zion Williamson this year is he doesn't create his own shot, though. A lot of the Zion Williamson stuff that happens is off of weak side rebounds or being able to box out using his... He is able to take it to the hoop, no question, and hit that three-pointer. But if you're going to stop Zion in the tournament, and I asked you this the other day, and we couldn't come up with a sole defender that would be able to guard him one-on-one. I don't know of one. And I couldn't, uh, in doing my research today for the show and for my bracket, I couldn't find one out. Um, do you have, did, did you come up with anything as to a guy that could pretty much body up on him? Um, not really. There's, I mean, there's, I guess, you know, Hachimura in, uh, from Gonzaga is a 6'10", you know, big, strong guy who's pretty active. It's a hard, it's a tough call. So many of them also play zone, where you're not having the man-to-man matchups. So I, 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 it's 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 difficult to tell. And I think um, when you get into the Seth, when you get into the zone, that's where Zion is actually most dangerous, because the weak side rebounding for Zion is tremendous. I saw that yeah. against Syracuse two games this year, and I've seen it in every single time that that guy plays zone. He backs himself into the weak side rebounding, and while when you're eight, when you're playing a zone, there's a weak side rebound. You generally have your entire zone shifted the other way, and some players are quick enough to get 
back into the zone after a weak side rebound. The problem is Zion's so quick that there is no, there's no time. Once he gets that ball literally in the air, sometimes he doesn't even come down with it. It's just a straight putback. He's as quick as I've seen on a weak side rebound in a very long time. No, he is he's a man among ball. And that's why, you know, that's why they're the you know, that's why they because, you know, if he's healthy, which he seems to be after his brilliant performance against Carolina and, you know, against Florida State, you know, that's why that's why they're the favorite coming in. Agreed. Okay, so let's get let's get into our bracket. So if you'd like to before we, take before, it we get, second, before we get into the bracket, sorry. you know, every yeah. year there's major complaints, there's major arguments. We bitch, we moan. Did you have any really major arguments this year? No, not one. Actually, uh, I I liked them keeping out North Carolina State. It seemed like that was the biggest consternation point at twenty two and twelve. And I believe they were nine and nine in the uh, ACC. Which, look, the ACC is the best tournament, best conference in basketball. I think the the tournament selection committee established that. Yes, I mean three number one seeds and a, and a bunch, and no number twos, but a three and a four. And I think two three, two fours actually. I think they established themselves as as the preeminent uh, conference. And going nine and nine in the preeminent conference is great. And I love that. And I love that North Carolina State was able to do that. The problem was they played the, the, the sisters of the poor for every game that was not in the conference. And I love the fact that the NCAA committee did not reward that, that they actually said, yeah, guys, step up your game. Yeah, I mean – their win, their their best win of the season. They, I mean, Auburn ended up being a nice win, but their ACC, where as you said, they won nine games. The only team that, I mean, the only over 500 team that they beat was Syracuse, who you know was erratic to say the least this year. So, I agree. I I would have taken UNC, I would have taken UNC Greensboro over St. John's or Arizona State. I can't believe three Pac-10 teams made it. I find that amazing, um, but otherwise, no major complaints. I think the we, the bubble was very weak, so I don't think teams really had that legitimate of a complaint. Um, no, I think I think teams played themselves off the bubble rather than on the bubble this year. I think you had a lot of teams that you would say, okay, if they had won one more game, they would have had an argument. Even if it was in the ACC tournament, if North Carolina State won one more game and they're now 10-9 and nine in conference, so they're above 500, you might be able to make that claim because that would have been a signature win in conference, in one of the great conferences in basketball. But they just weren't able to do it. Teams just didn't play themselves in as much. They just let themselves rest. And I think the committee did a, a, a very good job this year. Um, I think having three number one seeds in the ACC was surprising to me, but I think warranted. Yeah, especially with Tennessee getting absolutely blown out in the SEC title game. And I'll tell you something. Like, you know my feelings on the conference championships. I think they're money grabs. I don't think they that they should be taken into account as much as the conference throughout the year. I don't. 
So I had no okay. issue with Auburn getting the five. I had no issue if you had Michigan above Michigan State, um, you know, which has been the go. Yeah, because Michigan State is closer. It's closer to the pod, so they got Duke. I'll tell you, Michigan's draw is much worse than Michigan State's. I don't even understand the argument. Michigan is not getting at is not getting to the final eight with that draw. Michigan State should have a pretty good run through. So I think the people that are complaining are absolutely out of their minds. Okay. All right. So let let's get through that draw. I mean, I think we we, we can start in the East where Duke faces off against the winner of NCC and NDS. And, again, as Jay Billis said last night and said it again this morning on ESPN, guys, it's happened once in our lifetime, (laughs) ever. It is unlikely to happen again for another 25 years. There is no way that Duke loses round one. So anytime you might think that, it's just not going to happen. Okay. Uh, these, uh, Virginia Commonwealth versus UCF. I love the fact that UCF made it in an 8-9 seed, both of which I give no shot against Duke. So I'll take UCF for the win. I'll take VCU, but same idea. Neither one okay. has a chance. Okay, Mississippi State, the first 5-12 over Liberty. I have Mississippi State over Liberty. I, I, this is not the 5-12 game I'm going I'm to push. No, I mean it's interesting. I find this interesting. Typically, you win these because I go more. I do more upsets than you do. This is, I think, in the eight years we've done this, this is the least upset-based year I've ever had. Um, Agreed. I'm run- mine's running pretty straightforward. I I'll take Mississippi State as well. Okay, and I will also have Virginia Tech over. Uh, is that St. Louis? SLU. I believe yeah. that's St. Louis. Correct. Yep. Yeah, I have, yep. I have Mississippi State over over St. Louis. And then I have your Maryland team over Belmont or Temple. Um, uh, you're going to be surprised by my next pick, but I do have um, I do have them over Belmont or Temple. It, going I do, at least I do one too. round. Yeah, yeah. I, I well, think people are sleeping on my Terps a little bit. They've not been great at the end of the year, but they're extraordinarily – they've had a good year. And okay. the sixth seed is warranted. I told you, I thought they had a, as fair a draw as they could have asked. So I like I like where they are. I'll take I like yeah, the I have, a, I have the Yellies over LSU in the next round in the next segment. I have uh, your Terps having a pretty easy time into the into the Sweet 16. Uh, Yale over LSU, LSU without their coach, uh, pretty much in a, in a huge amount of turmoil due to the NCAA infractions, and I just don't I I see Yale 14-3 upset. There's always an upset, guys. There's always an upset. I like this one. I do like LSU in this, but I like Maryland to beat LSU. Because, as you said, Maryland is athletic enough to keep up with LSU. And LSU is in complete and utter turmoil. So, yes. as I said, I emailed you, Mike, this is, this is as good a bracket as I could have asked for, for the trips. Yep. So Okay, so I have Minnesota over Louisville. Louisville is an overrated team. Uh, they just are, and I, I, you know what? I don't know a whole lot about Minnesota, but I have no They're confidence not good. in the Cardinal team. Minnesota is not good. The only reason Minnesota may win this is this is the Patino revenge game. 
I do have LSU. Yep. I have Louisville. I, Minnesota has played as two good players. They've won one big game this year. They beat Purdue. They're not a very good team. I'll, okay, I'll so I have, Michigan, I have yeah. Michigan over Bradley, and then I have Michigan over – oh, sorry, Michigan State over Bradley, Michigan. and then Michigan – we're going to go back up the, the chain. I have Michigan State over Minnesota. I have Michigan State over Louisville. Okay. I have Maryland over Yale. Maryland over LSU. Mississippi State over Virginia Tech. Oh, I'm sorry. I have oh, Virginia, Virginia Tech over Mississippi State. I have Mich- Virginia yeah, Tech Virginia over Mississippi Tech. State. My apologies. Yeah, okay. that is a then dangerous Duke- game over, yeah, whoever, UCF or DCU. That Duke-Virginia but Tech Duke, game Virginia is Tech. Yep, I love that game. There's a, look, anytime you can see an opponent three or four times in a year, it's a dangerous game for the yeah. favor. And, and in this case, the only reason I'm giving it to Duke is you have the week to prepare. It's the first game of that weekend, not the second. So I'll take Duke and I'll take Duke over Virginia Tech. But you're right. I think that's the that if they're going to slip up, that's the game. That's the game. I agree. I have Duke over Virginia Tech as well. I think it's going to be a really good game because Justin Robinson is back. So I am actually going to take your Terps over Michigan State. Oh, my. Oh, my. Yep. Here's the thing. I went with Michigan State. This game is in Washington, D.C. I know you did. I know you did. That's why I did what I did. I knew you were going there. He's always our daddy. But Langford is out for the season. They've beaten us twice, but both games – have been pretty competitive. And I would not – I told you, when I saw this – I told – I would not be surprised if this team got knocked in the first round or this team went to the final eight. And this is as good a draw as I can ask for. Like that. Yep. Well, I have your final eight ending right here, and I have uh, Duke beating Maryland. Uh, I think they'll actually crush him. Yeah, we're not beating Duke. Yeah, we're not beating Duke. So, So Duke goes to the final four. Okay, let's go down to uh, the West. We're going to go down to the West. Uh, Gonzaga in the first round, again, 116. We'll see it in 25 years again. And then I have Syracuse over Baylor. Look, I think Syracuse can either – this is the hard game. I think we can get to the Sweet 16 if we beat this team. Um, I have them winning this – beating this team. So, let's see. I have them beating Baylor. Uh, I do I. I I have Murray. This is my five twelve. Murray State over Marquette, and I know I picked Marquette to go. I know. I was just gonna say. I know what I said in the beginning, and I am. You know what? I'm. I'm. I'd be happy if they made the Final Four, but I don't have them beating Murray State. I, I think Jay Moran takes over, so I, I got Murray State over Marquette in the 5-12. Yeah, that should be the most fun game of the first round. That should be a blast. Um, okay, I, ha- I, almost, Sorry, I almost want to go with Marquette. Everyone is going with Murray State, but I'm going to go with Murray State because I think Morant is sensational. Looking forward okay, to watching I that. Have, agreed. I have uh, Florida State over UVM. As do I. And then I have Buffalo over ASU or St. John's, which 
I would love to see Buffalo against St. John's. I would love to see that That'd game. Be kind of fun. I still think, yeah, but I think Buffalo wins it. In fact, I got Buffalo going pretty far. Um, and then I have Texas Tech over NKU. Are you you're agreeing? And I have yes. Nevada over Florida. As do I. Yes. And then I have Michigan over Montana. So now As we're heading I. back up. I have Michigan over Nevada, although I love this game. This is one, this is one of the I best Nevada, games in this I have, Nevada, I have Nevada over Michigan. Okay. As I said, this is an Buffalo. awful, awful region for Michigan. I don't know how everyone is, thinks this is a joke. Nevada was a top five, top ten team a month ago. Exactly. I have Buffalo over Texas Tech. As much as I'd love to give give the mad love to Bocce's Wings up in Buffalo, uh, my pop's alma mater, I think I have, I have Texas Tech. Okay. I have Florida State over Murray State. Agreed. I have Syracuse over Gonzaga, which I'm not exactly sure I'm thinking with my head here. But no, I know the argument. We've discussed this many times. Syracuse yep. in the second game is extraordinarily difficult to prepare for because of the zone. Yep. The reason that Gonzaga, Gonzaga can shoot. Gonzaga can shoot. Gonzaga, Gonzaga can is shoot. not a team that's going to be intimidated by this kind of game. They're a veteran. I would agree with they're you. They're big. They're strong. I think Gonzaga wins. I would, okay, I would agree with that. Um, like I said, I'm not sure if I'm thinking with my head or my heart. In the next round, I have Florida State beating Syracuse. Uh, the four over the eight. I think Florida State would beat Gonzaga anyway, so I'm happy keeping Florida State there. I actually don't. I think Gonzaga gets revenge from last year's game. Florida State always worries me. Um, although they were excellent last year in the tournament, they've been relative. They always seem to go, something always seems to go wrong with Florida State in the tournament, um, where they should go further and they just don't. I have Gonzaga. Okay. And then I have Buffalo over Michigan. I have Buffalo Damn. going pretty far. Yep. No kidding. Look, look, Buffalo is a good team. They won their they won their conference. They beat Syracuse early in the year. They are a good team. So yes, I are. got them going here. Yeah, I got them going here. I got them uh facing off against Florida State in the uh in the Elite Eight. I got Zaga. I have uh, Texas Tech beating Nevada, and I have Gonzaga, uh, Texas Tech. And I have Gonzaga and I got Florida, going to the Final Four. And I think this is the year that Florida State actually puts it all together, and they beat Buffalo, and they're going to the Final Four. So, so far, Duke and Florida State for me, you have Duke and Gonzaga for you. Okay, we're going back up to the top uh, in the south. UVA over Weber. Um Again, here we go, 1-16. This certainly will not happen to UVA again uh, this year. I have Oklahoma over Mississippi. I have Mississippi over Oklahoma. Yeah, I have Mississippi over Oklahoma. I think we are different on every 8-9 right now, so at least that gives us three games we're different. Uh, I have Oregon over Wisconsin. I don't like Wisconsin at all. I do, too. Um, I'm not a Wisconsin guy. Ethan, any yeah. team where your best player can't you can't can't shoot free throws, 
doesn't scares me. So then I have Kansas State over UCI, the four four thirteen. I actually have Cal Irvine over K State. Dean Wade may not okay. be playing. People are up in K State more based on last year's Final Eight run. Okay, and then I have uh, Villanova over SM, SMC. St. Mary's. Uh, I have Nova as well. Yep. Well-coached team. Both teams are well-coached. When's the last time Nova was a sixth seed? I, I can't even remember. Like, it's been probably a decade since they were a sixth seed. Um, I have Purdue over ODU. I don't like Purdue. I know nothing about ODU, but I'll take Purdue. That's kind of how I feel. Um, yeah. I Carson Edwards is a stud, but the team in Maryland split with them. They're decent. They'll win a game and they'll inevitably lose their 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 second round game, sixty two fifty eight, because that's how Purdue always plays in the tournament. I see no nothing different yep. this year. I got Iowa over Cincinnati. I oh God no. Iowa may be the worst team in the tournament. Cincinnati really? blows them out. Oh, they're terrible. They have played uh, awful at take... the end of the year. They well, I have them going the to the, the Elite year. Eight. You have Iowa going to the Elite Eight? I did not. I did not. I did not. I just wanted to see your reaction. I did not. I have them winning one game. Okay, um, I have Tennessee over Colgate, although I really would love to see Colgate win that game. Um, I have, uh, so let's go up to the top, Tennessee over Iowa. My assumption is you have Tennessee over Cincinnati? Yes, but that's a tough, that's a good game actually, but yeah, I do. I have Villanova over Purdue. As do I. I have Kansas State over Oregon, and you're going to have probably... Oregon over UCI. No, I'm taking Cal Irvine. I'm taking the you have a 13 going, 13 going to the Sweet 13. 16, okay. There's always one. And I have UVA going over Oklahoma. UVA over Ole Miss. UVA over Kansas State for me. UVA On the over, way down. Yep, UVA over Cal Irvine. And I have Villanova over Tennessee. I don't see it. Bad matchup. I have Tennessee. Okay, and then I have UVA over Villanova. And I have Tennessee over UVA, which I think is a great, okay. is a heck of a game. I think it's a, such a contrasting style between the two teams that it will be incredibly fun to watch. But I think finally UVA makes it through. And you may make it to the final four. All right, so let's go down to the Midwest. The Midwest, we start with UNC over Iona. Yes, one sixteen. Yes. Uh, I will go with Washington over US, USU. I don't even know who who is that. Utah State. Oh, Utah yeah, State. I got Washington over Washington over Utah State. Uh, so do I. Okay, I have Auburn over New Mexico State. I think that's New Mexico State. I have New Mexico State I over have, Auburn, actually. Okay, I have Kansas. I don't know the last time Kansas was a four seed either. 
Kansas, well, they've won 15 straight Big 12, so you would assume they've been a two-seed at least at a the last 15 ever years. Yeah. yeah. Kansas over, uh, is that Northeastern? I believe so, yes. Okay, I'll take Oklahoma State over uh, Iowa State. And I know I picked Iowa State to go pretty far in the preseason again. But I'll um, take it, No, it's oh. not Oklahoma State. It's not Oklahoma State. It's Ohio State. Oh, Ohio State. Oh, then I need – oh, sorry. I'm, I'm messing up. I want, uh, I want ISEA. Sorry. ISEA yeah, I want over, Iowa State. Uh, over. Uh, Ohio yeah. State again, Houston, not very good. Right. I got Houston – Next. Yep. And then I have Wolford over Seton Hall. I love Wolford as a seven. I love Wolford as a seven. Good for them. Good for them. I have seen. Let me ask you this: Do you know where Do you know where Do you know where Wolford is? Because I do. I think it's in South. I think it's in South Carolina, but I could be wrong. You are. You are correct. It is in South Carolina. Well done. Actually, hold on. I think it's in North Carolina. I think it's in North Carolina. Hold on. Some, because there are so many schools in North Carolina. Hold on. Wolford, Wolford College. You are correct. It is in Spartanburg, South Carolina, which is surprisingly Woo-hoo! only about, I don't know, two hours from here. <laughs> so, Okay. And then, uh, okay, and then I have Kentucky. So let's go back up. Kentucky over um, Wolford. I have Kentucky over the Hall. Okay. Houston over uh, Iowa State. Agreed. Uh, Kansas over Auburn. You New, New Mexico, Mexico State, State over right? Kansas. Wow. I like it. Okay, and I have UNC over Washington, although I think that's going to be a tremendous matchup as well. Uh, that should I be love fun. Hopkins. I have UNC as well. I have UNC over Kansas. You have, uh, you have New Mexico State in there against UNC, so I assume you have UNC. Yeah, I have and UNC, then Kentucky. I have, then I have Houston over Kentucky. Really? Yep. Wow. Yep. Wow, wow, wow. By the way, I also have UNC beating the crap out of either one of them. Fair. I have UNC over and Kentucky the, in the final, in the, in the conference, in the, in the and, final. And, and I believe for the first time ever, I have all four final fours from one conference. That would be, is that why you did it? It just nope. happened to work that way. That's how, that's how it wound up. I have... Duke, Florida State, Virginia, and UNC. And I and believe I that's Duke the North. first time, right? It's never that happened be, before. It's never been done. The closest is in yeah. 1985 when you had St. John's, Georgetown, Villanova, and then I think you had Memphis State. Yeah. So um, I, I think that was the, the and by the way, team. That, by the way, that was also the year that Syracuse was the number two. And lost to Richmond. So, I mean, Billy they Owens. had three. Right. But I'm saying they had three of the top four teams in the country in the Big East. And they had the number two seed, too. So, I mean, 
it, the Big East was phenomenal in the 80s. It, it just goes again to show you how good that was. Okay, so who are your final four at this point? Did I lose you? Did I lose Seth? Seth. Hello, Seth. Seth, we can Hello? we can't hear you, buddy. Yep. Okay, okay. I said who are your I said you got four? it you got it wrong. You got it wrong. It wasn't it was eighty eight or eighty nine Billy Owens was eighty eight or eighty nine. He wasn't eighty five or eighty six. I didn't say it was Billy Owens. You did. I said Syracuse oh, lost I, to Richmond in that. You said it was no, Billy Owens. Syracuse lost to Richmond with in the with Billy Owens. Which they had Billy Owens. Oh, okay. My was, bad. All right. Okay. So, so yeah, no team, no conference has ever had four teams make it. And and I have the ACC. Look, it's going to come down to Florida State and and, and which Florida State shows up. As you said, Florida State seems to always have that one trip up. And I got Florida State and Virginia, two teams that are notorious chokers um, going to the Final Four. But you know what? This is where, this is where the big bucks lie is when you make predictions like this. So I have uh, four ACC teams and Syracuse not in it. So <laughs> there you go. So who, who are your four, uh, four Final Fours? Well, it's it's Gonzaga, Tennessee, Duke, and North Carolina. So it's not like I really went I went really off uh, bracket too much, which for me is well, unusual. Well, neither did I, right? I got three number ones and a number four. Yeah, I, I got mean, three number like ones and number two. Right. It's not like we went off. So I have Duke over Florida State because I think Duke would crush Florida State again. And I have North Carolina over Virginia – and here we go, round four of Duke over North Carolina. And I have neither of them. I have Zaga over Duke, and I have Tennessee over Carolina. Uh, Tennessee over Carolina. Or not, yeah, Tennessee over Carolina. I will tell you flat out, I would rather watch your game than watch mine. I don't need to no. see Carolina Duke again. I have no desire. And, and I don't care if North Carolina wins. I still have no desire to watch those two teams play for a fourth time and, and see Roy Williams jumping up and down over and over again. I, I, just, I would much rather see – first of all, I'd love to see Tennessee in a final game because I'd love to see somebody that's, that hasn't been there. And so, last time they were there was Bernard King, right? They've never been to a final – they've never been to – I don't think they've ever been to a Final Four. They didn't, they didn't win it. They've never been to a final game. I know that. I'm pretty sure they didn't go to a Final Four with Bert and Ernie. Or Bert okay, and Ernie. look that up. We're looking that up right now. But Tennessee Final Four appearances. Hold on. We're getting there right now. But anyway, so... I, I do like yours a lot better than I like mine. <laughs> I, I don't Good. think I'd be interested in watching that again. Uh, I don't know. Okay, that so Carolina story game was sensational. So they've made an Elite Eight. They have never – in 2010, they made an Elite Eight, and they have never made – so in 1967, they lost in the Sweet 16 – 
Yeah, they've never they've uh the Burt and Ernie's were in seventy seven, right? Somewhere around yeah. there, seventy seven, seventy nine, somewhere in there. Bert, Bert, yeah. Bert, it's that Bert, Sean Burt and Ernie is on my kids' TV channel. Bernie and Ernie. Bernie and Ernie. Okay, Bernie and Ernie went to the round of thirty two, the round of thirty two, and then the round of thirty two. So yeah, they unless they played in nineteen eighty one, which I think was no maybe no that was past. Um, that's when they lo- went to the Sweet Sixteen, but yeah. It was they. They've never gone anywhere. So uh, it would be an inter. It would be a very good. Um, it would be a good step. It would be nice to see two teams. Now Gonzaga's made it in the past, but it would be nice to see two teams that are not blue bloods. That's a better way of saying it. Not blue bloods yeah. make it into the into the championship game. I'd actually enjoy watching that. And for, it'd be a fun, for, it'd be a fun game. It'd be a good game. And for national. Certainly, the ratings would be down because it's Gonzaga versus Gonzaga versus um, Tennessee. But the fact is, Gonzaga would have it at six o'clock in the afternoon, six o'clock in the evening. That sounds like the right time you should be showing it everywhere. Good <laughs> for them. They would get to watch. They would get to watch a game that everybody else would be up until twelve thirty watching. They would be able to go to bed at nine o'clock. Good for them. So that's our NCAA uh, prediction. If you'd like to join well, us in the second... Actually, you, Sorry, forgot, go ahead. you forgot something. You forgot to ask me a question. You didn't ask me who, was, who I had winning it. Oh. Yeah, who do you have winning it? I have Gonzaga. Okay. That's what I figured, but okay. So now Gonzaga can party all night long because they win at 9 o'clock and they have till midnight. That sounds like a lovely idea. Because when Syracuse won, it was like 11.30 at night. And granted, we were in New Orleans, but it was 11.30 at night. Um, okay, so we have a couple of upsets. If you'd like to join us in our Seth and Sean Sports Radio um, bracket, let, let me be a little bit clearer than uh, Seth had told me. Just so I we so we are in SNS five one eight three seven four. How did you come up with this? I didn't come up with it. I, SNS was an obvious. They posted the number. Oh, you have to we look try it up that way. It. But well, I don't think I can rename it. I think you only can rename it. But I can. I'll try I, I and mean, rename at, it at least. At least put five seven. Uh, f- uh, what is it? Five five seven three zero nine eight six seven. At least put eight six seven five three zero nine. So then we could say it's just like Mickey. But um, all right. So Seth's going to try and rename it. We'd love for you guys to 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 join the group. See if you can beat us, which is likely because for those that have listened to the radio show in the past. Seth and I are the worst predictors of all time. We we just are. We never do anything. We we we. I think I got one NFL. I had one NFL draft that was amazing, but I think it was just because I it was dark and I just moved stuff around. Like I don't really think I got anything right. But yeah, that that's just the way it works. So we got about nine minutes left. That actually went a lot faster than I thought. Who is the most valuable player of the tournament for you? 
it's got to be somebody in Gonzaga now because they they won. Uh, so oh, who Josh is Josh Perkins? Who's a okay. point guard? Who's outplayed Jordan Bowen in the final and outplayed outplayed Kobe White in the semi? So if I'm correct, Mark Few is the coach of Gonzaga, correct? Yes. Okay. Does he leave if he wins a national championship, or is he just is he happy there? I don't think he has any desire to go anywhere. I think if he wants UCLA, he gets it whether they win or they're knocked out in the first round. I think he has no interest. I think he's there for good. Okay, and that was good. So now, with, once this is done, we're going to get into the coaching carousel, which we always seem to do. And the first one that's open is Texas A&M. And the buzz, literally, around the sports world, is that that is Buzz Buzz Peterson, Buzz Peterson, Buzz Williams, Buzz Williams, Buzz Williams, uh, Buzz Williams' job to lose. You agree with that, as as our uh, yeah. resident college basketball seems, guy? Yeah, that's what it seems like. He's a Texas guy. He's built programs wherever he's gone. I think the A&M, who's just paid seventy million for Jimbo Fisher, is not afraid to pay to spend some money to bring in a basketball coach of a similar. You know, maybe at not the same level, but a very, very high-level coach, Buzz. Okay, so now let's go to the other, uh, the other opening, and that is UCLA. Where the heck is this? I've heard names like J- like Dick Van Gundy, Fred Hoilberg. Is it going to be a guy from the NBA? Is it going to be uh, Earl Watson, who coached the no. the Suns for a little bit? Who's it going to be? Because they need not only a name. They need a winning team more than they need anything else. There's two so, names that come to mind. One is who I think is going to get it. The other would be the most well, fascinating good. of all of them. I think it's going to go to Jamie. I think Jamie Dixon is going to get the job. Why? Why? Why would he? Wait, he just went to TCU to take his, I understand dream jobs are, are fleeting. But he took his dream job to go literally home, where he met his wife in text at TCU, his alma mater. And you think he's going to jump ship after what three years? I don't know if it was his dream job because he could have had that job at any point. But it wasn't open. Pittsburgh for that job. Doesn't matter for Jamie well, Dixon. You make that choice. I think UCLA is more of a destination job. I think the other name you're going to hear, I think you're going to hear Rick Pitino. And it may be wow. a year too soon for Pitino to come back, but he will be back in the college realm again, I think. And UCLA desperately needs to be relevant, desperately needs a winner. And whether you like Pitino or not, those are two things that he will, that will, he will, be, he will make them. Absolutely. Well, okay, so first of all, Jamie Dixon would be ironic, given that he would basically be following Ben Howland. Ben Howland, now, again, yes. Yeah, uh, again, right, exactly. And uh, that went pretty well the first time in Pittsburgh, but uh, we'll see if it would happen again. I don't think you're going to see Jamie Dixon there. I, I just don't. I, I, I don't know who's going to be there, but I, I don't see him there. I think one of the more interesting coaching scenarios you're going to see in the future 
is I don't think Sean Miller makes it out of this investigation, and you're going to see a job opening up in Arizona. And that job is far better than anything in UCLA, as far as the basketball is concerned. Maybe not as far as the money is concerned, but certainly the basketball is concerned. Um, Okay, so we have four minutes left. I don't really have much to say on the extended topic. This, this is Seth's favorite time of the year, the four days that are coming up. Um, look, if you're a sports fan, you've got NFL free agency, you've got Major League Baseball starting, your, your fantasy drafts are going high gear. Mine started last night. I have a couple of more this Sunday. Yes, I do play fantasy baseball. And then we have the NCAA tournament. If you are – and we have hockey playoffs coming, basketball – Everything's going on this week. Everything. If you're a sports guy this, or a sportswoman, excuse me, don't, don't exclude the ladies. If you're a sportswoman, this is your week. Enjoy your week. Get out to a bar. If you're not a CPA, get out to a bar and enjoy the week of sports. If you are a CPA, make sure you have a TV behind you so you can enjoy it the same way. Seth, you're up. you got three minutes. Yeah, there's a specific reason we put in uh, flat screens in our office. So I am skipping all meetings on Thursday. I am closing my door. You know, I will be watching from 12 to 12, which is why I came home early today. So I can watch for 13 hours while I work on Thursday. Um, what you did mention was the biggest shocker in recent times is an 18-year-old girl named Bianca Andrescu, who nobody had ever heard of, won Indian Wells, which is probably the, the fifth major in, the, in, in tennis. She's just, she was, I think, ranked like 300 or 180 going into this year. Now she's up to number 25. She beat three or four ranked players and just never had any major wins, never had any wins of relevance until two months ago. She jumped 200 spots in a month is incredible. That was actually, the, you know, the, the craziest thing of the year, of, of, the, of, the, um, of the weekend. Yeah, enjoy the tournament. Don't worry about the, Monday, the Tuesday or Wednesday games. I mean, I'll watch because Maryland's playing the winner with Belmont Temple. But let's be honest, I've said this for years, the games are wasted. And they don't warrant me watching them. And they don't warrant anyone else. The rest of the weekend, enjoy being a sports fan. There's nothing better. For Seth Cameron's, this is Sean, for Sean Palmer, this is Seth Cameron's. On the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show. I'll talk to you next week. See you guys. Have a good week. Bye-bye.